Welcome to the Business with Bordeaux podcast, where we're bringing basic business tips to entrepreneurs and the future leaders of tomorrow. Let's get down to business. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Business with Bordeaux podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on the show for another week. We have a wonderful interview this week with Mr. Doc Watson from RMG. Uh, Reflection Music Group, that's the owner that houses or homes, Derek Minor, Cannon, Derage, Tony Tillman, a lot of great artists over there. So uh, we talk about RMG Amplify, which is a new sector of RMG. So we go into detail about that. We talk about uh, marketing and social media etiquette and a whole bunch of stuff that will really, really be helpful for you. So make sure you tune to or stay tuned and listen into the whole interview. And before we jump into it, though, I do want to thank the patrons, the supporters of this show, which is Mr. Aaron Simpkins over at TrueStrengthApparel.com. He has been a patron since day one, and I appreciate that. So make sure you head over to TrueStrengthApparel.com. Check out his line of clothes over there. He's a great guy. Uh, he's getting ready to have a baby real soon so it'd be phenomenal if y'all could support the brother and go over there and get some of his great clothing and you know help bring the baby into the world just a tiny bit <laughs> so i also want to thank mr wordpress stan at wpstan.com he has also been a great supporter of the show and you know he, he does wonderful things with the web wordpress website so if you need some help getting a website going make sure you hit him up at wpstan.com and also, uh, don't forget to check me out on Anchor. It's an app where you can go and listen to audio content. It's kind of like Twitter, for, but for voice and for music. And it's a really cool uh, app that you can check out. Uh, Anchor.fm slash Business with Bordeaux is how you can find it. Or you could just download the app and just search for Business with Bordeaux and you will find it on there. And so I'm trying to think, is that everything I need to cover before I start the show? I think so. So we're going to go ahead and jump right into the interview. All righty. We are back with another interview here on the Business with Bordeaux podcast. This week, I have a man that serves behind the scenes. Uh, I like to get people who do serve behind the scenes because you don't always get to hear their stories and what it's like working back there. But I have the CEO and co-founder of RMG, Mr. Doc Watson. How you doing, sir? Good. What's going on, man? I appreciate you uh, having me on. Really dope. I really appreciate you doing this, man. Um, uh, everybody who's listening probably, uh, I'm sure, unless they're in a, a dark tower somewhere, knows who Derek Miner is. And most most of the fan base for this show is really affiliated with CHH in some way, shape, or form. So uh, this would be a really great way to kind of get some uh, behind the scenes uh, intel information of what goes on, especially in the Christian hip hop community, and um. And from a business aspect too, because uh, I you know it's ministry, but you also have to have business sense too. Am I am I right? Yeah, I mean it's a it's a balance. You know, you kind of have to know how to run the company, but then you also got to keep perspective. You know, um, with it being Christ centered and and the fact that we're trying to, uh, you know, pursue people with the gospel. So it's there's a balance to it all you know, and how we approach different things and, uh, you know, how we, how we deliver the music and who we're delivering it to and what song does what and every, there's a different road to go down every time you drop something. So. Right. Right. Yeah, man. So, um, so before we get into, uh, RMG 
I'd love for people just to get to know who Doc Watson is a little bit more about yourself and how you actually got started in the music industry in general. Yeah, well, so back in like 2000, uh, I was still in the military, but I got a job at a local radio station doing like board work. And at the time, you know, I was also into producing uh, and writing, uh, writing music and things like that. Uh, I was, wasn't doing Christian music. I was just doing music in general, just mainstream stuff. Um, and then I deployed and came back a couple times uh, to, you know, Afghanistan, Iraq, all that. Uh, when I got home, you know, I really started focusing on the music aspect and trying to grow that. And in between all that, I became pretty successful doing mainstream stuff. Uh, but I felt convicted. You know, I felt like, uh, I mean, I, I, I felt like I, I called myself a Christian. You know, I believed in Jesus. Uh, I wasn't living the greatest. I was, you know, but I was definitely, um, I definitely felt it. You know, I felt that it was wrong to, to do the kind of music I was doing and to ignore my calling, you know. And uh, one night, man, I just had this, uh, on this moment where I woke up, and I just felt like God was talking to me. And um, the, the thought that crossed my head and what was in my heart was, I need to put all that down and, you know, love him with my gift. And, from that point on, I was growing and, and doing the Christian music situation. I didn't know about Reach and all the different labels and stuff. I just felt like God called me to do it. And uh, it was definitely a hard road. And a lot of, you know, when the Lord calls you to do something, uh, he's going to test your commitment. I mean, everyone I ever talked to that, that, that feels like they've been called or they've always had to give up something that they felt was important to me. Their commitment was tested. Their heart was tested, you know, so... Uh, you know, we went through a lot to do that. And through all that, I met Derek. You know, at some point, um, I think it was like 2005 or six when I met Derek right in there. And, uh, and then from there, it just kind of took off. We started doing stuff together, working. You know, I was producing. Uh, then I got into just kind of running the label. And uh, that was all she wrote. Here we are. <laughs> That's the fast version. Awesome, man. Awesome. So first, I do want to thank you for your service. What what branch did you serve in? I was in the Army. Okay, okay. Well, I do want to thank you for your service. Yeah, 101st Airborne. I appreciate it, man. So anyone that's in the military, you know that you know the bases, Fort Campbell, Fort Stewart, Georgia, Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so whenever you first got in, you said you didn't realize there were a whole bunch of labels. What was your uh, what was your first introduction into Christian hip hop? Uh, to be honest, man, I think uh, this might just help some guys that are going through this now. I didn't feel it was very welcoming, <laughs> to be real. Uh, wow. It felt kind of click kind of clickish to me, um, and uh, you know, that's kind of what made made RMG what it is. Like, uh, I don't really like us being a clickish movement. Like, you know, not everyone can rap on RMG and it's just the way it is, but I feel like we're open to helping others and inclusive and I want to see the genre grow. I, that's not a knock on any particular label or anything. I'm just talking about even locally, you know, when I was coming up and just growing through the local, the local artist scene, you know, it was real clickish. So uh, it was just kind of one of those things where it was like, wow, how do I plug in? And, you know, in my mind, I felt like, I felt like Christian hip hop was going to feel different. People are going to be like a lot more open and wanting to work. I think a lot of guys go through that because I meet people uh, that are trying to grow like a flavor fest or places like that. And or that I meet in passing and they'll tell me their stories and they have similar stories that 
you know, uh, to me. You know, their stories are, are kind of like mine. And, you know, so for anyone that's kind of going through that, it just seems like that's just kind of the way it is, you know, just uh, it's clickish, it's, it's difficult to break in. Um, but once you do, you know, it's, it's, it's all good from there. So just be persistent. I think what I always tell guys, and what I did wrong in the beginning was I didn't really necessarily have a communal, you know, communal situation with a church or brothers around me, sisters, whatever, to help me uh, to help chisel and grow with. And I think that's always helpful when you're in a community and your focus is the gospel. Like a lot of that stuff doesn't matter as much anymore because you're just focused on what's most important, what's best for the body. So for me, I was kind of like, well, how do I become successful being a Christian producer or a Christian label owner or whatever? And I think I was overlooking the most important thing, which is how do I be successful reaching people with the gospel and, and raising my, my, my kids and being a good husband and whatever it is I should be doing better. You know, I think when you put Jesus in the middle of all of it, it just kind of solves the problems and takes out some of the hurts. But it's definitely a difficult genre to break into. It's not a big fan base. It's a loyal fan base, though. Um, you know, so it's a little tougher than just putting out any kind of music. We have more rules we got to live by, too, and we got to be careful how we do things and careful what we say. And uh, I feel like our music has to be a bazillion times better than what's out there so people give it a chance, you know. But, yeah. So that was my first experience, and those are my reactions to it. <laughs> so I'll probably wow. take you to the next question. <laughs> That's interesting, man. Uh, I don't know if I've... I, th- I think I've heard some people say it was kind of tough getting in and making some relationships, but uh, not being very accepting. That's uh, that, that's that's honest. That's honest, uh, and I definitely appreciate that. Yeah, and it's not so, meant towards any one individual. It's just overall, you know. I think uh, for me, it, it, it didn't seem very welcoming, you know. And, uh, right. And that 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 has a lot more to do with just the local community, uh, people that we were working with. That's how I met Derek actually, and Tony Tillman, who, Tone was actually the guy that I met while I was doing mainstream music, and he came through when he was brother Tone and wanted to beat. When I met him, I was like, yo, this guy's incredible. Like, he's a dope dude. Like, yeah, he's, this guy's about it. Like, it didn't really, like, grab my attention and made me feel good about trying to do the music. And then after that, you just go through the ebbs and flows of trying to figure out how to connect the dots and make it work. And I know a lot of guys get frustrated with that. It just seems to be kind of how it is. I mean, you know, even doing radio shows and whatnot, uh, you got your challenges, you know. Right. So, were you with uh, were you were you with Derek Mono whenever he did the PSA of Volume One? Yeah. So, the very very first record we did together wasn't even wasn't even one of his records. It was another artist that we had named Kingston, and uh, he helped produce on it and record it. And then we did Blackout, which came before all of that. Uh, then we did PSA Volume 1, and then we did uh, Redemption. And then we signed the deal with Reach uh, to do like a label launch. And that's when all the rest of the records came. And then, you know, came back to RMG, and we did Empire and Reflection, and now this so much fly. Right. So whenever, um, so there was, was RMG already established before uh, Derek uh, linked up with Reach? Yeah, so we were a label. Um, but it was just me and him, and that's, that's all it was. We didn't have anything else. Uh, we just had him and I working together, and we uh, put together, you know, Redemption and P- well, PSA 1 and Redemption. And uh, at that time, he was down in Memphis. Uh, going, his wife was in college, and he met 
uh, BJ, and then Lecrae and them uh, through going to, like, Bible studies and stuff like that uh, that he was taking part of. And organically, it just turned into something more. Um, you know, and we were doing pretty well with the music. So, you know, the deal we signed was, you know, to, to help push the label and grow it and, and to build it bigger. So. That's awesome. I yeah, it's, it's, it's great to see that kind of, um, I guess, mentorship in a way as well. Because, you know, whenever, uh, whenever Derek had, had, you know, parted officially on paper from Reach, I was thinking, you know, it was really cool to be able to see how, you know, he was able to kind of build up a little bit of a fan base and, you know, uh, I'm assuming gain some, some mentorship from, you know, Lecrae leading the label and, and all that stuff. And, uh, so it was really good to see that happen and, you know, I, I, me personally, I appreciated uh, seeing that, you know, because I was thinking, you know, it's it's good to see other record labels kind of popping up and giving other artists uh, uh, another platform to go on to. So, uh, and speaking of which, uh, I'd love for you to break down what Amplify is, because I think some people might be a little confused on what it is. And because um, then you have Reconcile in there, is that correct? Yeah, so Amplify, we have... Uh... Reconcile, um, Surge, which is signed Surge, uh, Role Model Records, which is uh, Sola and Chope. Not Sola, Sola's the, the owner. I'm sorry, Chope and Jubex. Uh, and then, of course, we have uh, Kanata Small and then Reconcile. Um, and then we're about to sign somebody else here shortly, but really all it is, man, is it's label services. It's a way for us to help grow the genre. Um, we felt like, you know, how how can we help grow this thing, you know, uh, you know, and, and open the doors for more people because uh, it just seems like it's hard for guys. You know, these guys, you got guys pouring their time in, but they can't really uh, get the looks they need or get the marketing they need or things like that. So we had some extra space to put stuff out during, you know, during the course of the year. So we thought, well, let's do like deals where we split with them and we'll do the marketing. They bring the record to the table. And uh, we'll help them push their records and get them looks and add them to playlists, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, you know, every record's a, a challenge. But uh, Reconcile was, 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 you know, easy for me to say yes to because he's so talented and uh, I believe in his mission and his, and his vision. He's, a, he's amazing, man. And, you know, he, all, the, all the guys that were signing uh, and ladies, you know, I believe in all of their visions and, and what their hearts are. And I know them. You know, I know these people. And, uh, people vouch for him and, and speak really highly of him. And so, uh, you know, I listen to that man, and, and uh, it's kind of where my heart runs. I just feel like God is pointing me in a direction. So, like with Greg, I was super excited because, you know, I've always liked his music. I've always thought he was really, he was really dope uh, since the very beginning. So it was really a, a fun challenge to put out his music. He's still got more to go, though. Like, he's, he's just doing one record with us. But, uh, um, but uh, he's got like three or four more videos <laughs> he has to put out. Right. Uh, he's got a lot. Yeah, he's got a lot. But, but Reconcile is the kind of guy, man, where he's serving in the community. He'll go to the jails. You know, he he really gets out there in the streets and talks to these guys. Uh, and he can do that because he understands. He speaks their language, you know, where maybe I can't do that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, right. I wouldn't be a guy they might want to listen to off top because he might not feel like I'm relate. Uh, whereas he can, and he's reaching them. 
and I've really seen him uh, live it out. Like, what a lot of folks don't know about Rec is he's extremely smart, man, extremely intelligent. Like, this guy went to Rice University, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's he's a scholar. Like, the dude, and he's an athlete. Like, he's just all these great things, and yet he's putting his time into music and, 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 and healing his community. And, you know, he probably could be working wherever he wanted to work. You know what I'm saying? Right, so right. It's it's he's really actually this is a in, in all re, in all reality, you know, you could look at it like a sacrifice. I don't think he would call it that, but you know, it's just dope to see uh what he's able to accomplish, man. So it's easy to get behind someone like that and to help him push it, you know. Uh Yeah, and I love Reconciles music. Yeah, that's that's the heart, man. The heart is look, you got a lot of guys out there that, that are doing dope stuff, um, they don't have the same platform or help. They have great music, just don't necessarily have the people that have successes. Um, you know, they have some history there where they've done some dope stuff, so how can we come together um, to make it work, you know what I'm saying? Gotcha, gotcha. So what's the what's the biggest difference in, in Amplify and actually having somebody on a label? Uh, so having someone, um, having someone on the label uh, basically, you're paying for everything. So, you know, we're paying for their production, flights, uh, you know, helping them with their promotion, marketing, videos, uh, artwork. I mean, you're involved with the record from A to B. You're pretty much the label. You pay for everything. You do all the administration, um, everything. And then basically, they just they're putting out music, and, and their their whole focus is trying to get shows and get opportunities with their with their music. Whereas, if you're a label uh, services guy, you're you're bringing all that to the table. We're just helping market it, so we're not involved in the cost of uh, putting together a record. We're just involved in the cost of marketing. Gotcha. So it's a different uh, different scenario. So basically, you know, there's no there's no like lump sum investment on the front end. There's just a uh, uh, you know more of a back end investment through marketing. And half the time, okay. that's what these guys are missing. These guys are recording themselves or they have teams and they can afford it and they got all that put together, but they're putting records out and they just don't have the marketing push because they're paying for everything else. And they're comfortable with paying for everything. They they like their team. They don't really want to change all that. They just want to put music out and see it, see it get its push. You know, and one record popping for you can change everything. You know, it can rearrange your whole culture and, and put you ahead in the game financially if you're smart about how you spend your money when it comes to putting together albums. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, and I, I, I'd even say one, uh, you know, one single can do a whole lot of work. I mean, if you look at that, uh, that new guy on the rise, Zanti. Yeah. I mean, one one single blew up, and <laughs> so I mean, if you have the right moves, you know. Yeah, he's got a look. I mean, he's he's a young guy. You know, he's got a good look, uh, and he's you know he's uh, doing a really good job with that, and then he's you know, he's making some decent music, so. Uh, I think um, he'll probably he's gonna get better in time. He's just 18 years old, man. So, like, imagine where he's gonna be in three or four years after he's had a chance to grow his craft and and have people involved to help him get better. You know what I'm saying? Right, uh, right. He's, he's got a movement, this Zelda gang you know, that's been missing for a movement people he's behind. That's that's gonna help him. And you know, these young cats, the the generation that's coming up right now, you know. The, teams they, they love it because that's their you know right yeah man so 
I, I know one thing a lot of people, uh, I do have some in, uh, independent artists who do listen to the show. And so I, I would ask from a broad perspective, uh, are there any uh, good marketing tips, just general tips that you would suggest to people? Because, I mean, I think, you know, most people think of marketing as uh, just advertising. But what are some other things that artists need to focus on? I think uh, the way right now that we're even trying to adjust to is direct-to-consumer, which is dealing directly with your fans as much as possible, responding to them on your Facebooks. I think if I could ever give advice to any artist that's probably that's on the cusp of, of exploding or growing, you know, just don't be a star. Don't turn into that. Like, you know, just be humble and, and, and connect to your fans because without your supporters, uh, I don't even like calling fans, to be honest, but without your supporters, you don't really have anything. Like, they could be listening to anything else, but they choose to listen to you. They could book anybody else, but they, they choose to book you. Never forget how valuable that is at any, at any level because it could all change in a day. You could become, you know, unpopular in, in a heartbeat. You know, people could just not be interested overnight, you know. So every time someone's down to, to, to celebrate your music and to support you like that, be, be grateful, be thankful, and communicate with them directly. Now, as far as that's just the direction for someone, that's like on the Facebooks, you know, talk back to them. Not on, like, Ramzilla's platform. Don't, don't dialogue there because that looks kind of weird, but let, let that be the platform that's getting pushed for you. But as far as your own platform, like when people are on your Facebook or on your YouTube or whatever, it's okay for you to have conversations there. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's okay for you to to hit it back and say, yo, thanks, man. Don't argue with anybody online. Don't do that. But as far as the fans that got real questions that really like what you're doing, you know, uh, communicate with them. And as far as, like, next-level marketing, when it comes to the money side, you know, Facebook is probably the most valuable marketing tool I think we have when it comes to really reaching fan bases because your fan base is there. And you can grow your fan base, too, by marketing to people that sound like you or that you think you sound like, you know. So if you feel like you sound kind of like Drake, then you market to Drake's fans and see if Drake's fans want to come listen to your music, you know, uh, stuff like that. You know. So YouTube is another way, you know, Google Ads, uh getting to know bloggers on a personal level, um, building real relationships, not just using people. You know, that's these are all key things. As always, it's pretty tough, but you got to be likable. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, cats meet you and they find out you're not what they think you are, then that kind of turns them off. You know what I'm saying? So would you say it's harder for introverts to really do that? It can be. Yeah, it can be. It's tough to be introverted in the audience because naturally – like, I'm a 60-40. I'm 60% introvert, 40% extra, you know? So, like, uh, I can kind of be in a crowd for a while and enjoy it, but then I have to get away for a minute. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just can't be in a crowd all day because I worry about how everyone feels too much. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I don't want anyone to think I'm being weird, so I got to take a time out and gather myself, you know? So, I think, um, you know, if you're if you're like that, it's hard because, you're around all these people, and somebody's going to feel some kind of way. You can't control it, you know what I'm saying? I right, think, you know, right. if you just generally treat people well, you'll be okay. You know, if you treat them good, you put yourself last, not first. And as an artist, I think you'll be fine, and people will uh, will, will flock to you and appreciate you a lot. You know what I'm saying? So. 
Yeah, I'm a I'm a very big ad, big advocate uh, in any area, uh, in whether it's entertainment or uh, consumer services, anything at all, with uh, with making that one on one connection with consumers in general. So um, I 100% agree with you in, in everything in that regards. And uh, w- one thing I wanted to to ask you though is, you know, you were talking about don't argue with people on, on social media. Is, uh, is there ever a point to have back and forth dialogue online that you think is beneficial uh, with people that disagree with maybe your strategy or your theology or anything like that? Or is it just something you should just brush under the rug? To argue on social media about, about differences in opinion. Um, I, I've seen at times where it, it's been fruitful for some people, but like I'm not going to say it just doesn't work because that'd be... That'd be extreme. You know, it has worked for some people, but especially the younger kids, they, they like to jump online and do everything on their phone, you know. But at the end of the day, the only place you're ever going to solve any of your differences is if, you know, you get out and you test that stuff against other people. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you have a – like, I remember a few times when I was really growing in the beginning. Like, I, I'm always growing, but over just some fundamental stuff, and I disagreed with somebody. And I went to, like, Derek. I'm like, yo, this dude said this. Do you believe that? Derek's like, yeah, he's right. I was like, he's right? He's like, yeah. And we went through the Bible. I'm like, I never do that. Like, you know, just I didn't like hearing that I was wrong. But the thing is, though, is I think a lot of people just argue online just to try to prove a point. And at the end of the day, you're writing this in front of everybody. And what if you're wrong, right? What if you got it wrong or you say something offensive or do something you regret? Well, you've already put it out in front of everybody. So there's no way you can get that back. You know what I'm saying? And if anybody's watching, they can grab a picture of it so my thing is i think as an artist you don't want to do that fans will go back and forth and you know supporters will go back and forth and uh i've noticed like on our youtube uh, channel we get a couple of uh we'll get a couple people on there that'll say something or we always get the men saying christian enough or whatever it is they're trying to do and i feel like sometimes there's just like 20 people every video i drop just, just for the label looking for something that we're going to do wrong like cussing a song or it's weird, you know, just something. I don't know what they're looking for, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, though, uh, our, you know, our supporters will write, you know, be like, hey, you know, this is what it's about, and they'll all kind of discuss it. If a guy is really trying to understand, he'll be like, I get it. If he's just trying to argue, then it just turns into something dumb, you know what I'm saying? A lot of times, I'll just believe it. It's just not, it's not helping anybody at that point, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, one, one thing I really like about, um, rmg in general is i never hear rmg in the midst of any kind of arguments like <laughs> and so uh is, is that just part of the strategy just not not really you know arguing with anybody online i mean beneficial man like it doesn't help the body you know what i'm saying so i think what happens is sometimes we all forget that we're all the body of christ right like we're all the body and so when the beef starts to happen and one person says about somebody else, out of everybody, a lot of times these guys know each other. If, if somebody does something on their own, they have their ways of doing things and they're, they're, uh, you know, they're set on their ways, I don't think it's even necessary to come after them because at, at the end of the day, all, all that's in the dark comes to light. So, you know, anytime that you come out after somebody or you say something out in front of the whole crowd, uh, you're just opening everything up. Like, everybody's going to have their opinion, everybody's going to weigh in, and you're not going to look like the good guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, you're going to, you're opening yourself up to criticism. And 
because there's people out there that may not feel the same may, or may feel similar about you too. You know what I'm saying? Like if RMG was to come out and say, so-and-so is this and this, everybody would look at us and, and start looking at what we're doing well. You know what I'm saying? Or how we do things, what they don't like about us. Like it just it just creates that kind of atmosphere. It's for negativity. It doesn't make things better. It makes things worse. It confuses things. It makes us unattractive to the cult, to other cultures. Uh, people see that. And I mean, the last little riff, Riff raff to happen. I actually have people that don't even listen to our genre ask me questions about. It. I couldn't believe it got that far. Like they're like, "Yo, man, I saw something about how dudes is beefing in Christian hip hop." And I was like, "For real? You you know about that?" Like, yeah. I was like, oh, "Man, it's it's nuts." I mean, it just I'm not even gonna lend energy to it because it doesn't really like what does it help? And if it's really about people feeling people are confused by a message, it doesn't help if you come out and throw more confusion on top of everything. You know what I'm saying? But I think the best way to deal with those problems is have personal convos. And a lot of times these guys have. They're just not satisfied with the answers. So, you know, to me, it's just like, what's the point? What's the point in getting involved in all that? How is that helping out the whole culture? If you're really trying to see people get won over by the gospel, how does that How does that help? You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, you know, I... I just don't see how. I mean, I've had guys come to me and ask opinions, you know, and there's been, we've had songs written. There's, <laughs> there's been songs written where it could have been taken a certain way and we, we've taken them off records just so we don't engage in all that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right. It's just, better, it's just better for everybody if if we all are getting along and working together uh, and everyone has their reasons and their, their focuses, you know, the things they're doing it for. It's okay if, one guy feels like he wants to reach, you know, mainstream culture, and another guy wants to talk to the church, and they're by the body. Like, neither one of those is wrong. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. Yeah, man. Well, um, well, I guess let's drift away a little bit from the uh, the downer, because <laughs> you know, definitely bickering amongst uh, brothers, and you know what. Uh, it's funny because some people uh, I think don't even look at CHH as a, a real genre. How how do you view CHH as a whole? Do you, do you feel like this is a genre all on its own, or a sub subcategory of rap, or how 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 do you view it as the whole? I guess I don't know if you want to call it a culture. Yeah, I mean CHH is real. It's a real it's a real genre. It's definitely a subgenre because hip hop is the genre. Why CHH is a portion of hip hop. Um, I think uh, I think it's it's definitely. Um, been good to us you know we definitely embrace it we want to hit everything you know we want to deal with mainstream christian hip-hop the whole nine because we feel our message is bigger than just dealing with one culture so it'd be like i'm not just going to do hip-hop and not talk to our culture i'm not just gonna you know force our guys to make music for chh and nobody else so it's kind of like there's a lot of different ministries and a lot of different veins to go down lanes to go down you know to deliver a message so Christian, the CHH is the fuel to me. That's that's where the base is, and that's the people that really care and support and, and love what we do. And you know, I think it would be dumb to for us, you know, to not support and show love back, you know, and, and recognize that as something that's that's real. You know what I'm saying? I know it's popular to be negative about it. I don't know why. I don't. You know, I, I get that there's differences, but at the end of the day, you got whack music and whack business in every genre across the board, like, period. Because when I was doing mainstream, there was a lot of whack stuff going on there, too. A lot of whack promoters and everything else. Like, 
It's just you're going to deal with that no matter what you do in any kind of business. But one thing I can say about the fans, you know, that really love the music or the supporters that really support what we do, like, they're the best. You know what I mean? So in my mind, like, we can't move anywhere without having our base with us. We need them for everything because that's what fuels the music and, and fuels the interest and allows us to go to different places and get different things to happen with, our, with and around our music. You know what I'm saying? So to right. me, everyone's in it with us. Like, I feel like it's a family. That's what we're called. That's what we call ourselves, RMG family. I just feel like everybody's right there with us. When we win, they win. And it's a cultural thing for us. You know, and we represent that to the fullest. I think it's necessary. And, and I think it needs to be loved on, which is why we're doing Amplify, like to grow it and to build that middle class and, and bring more uh, revenue into this genre so that it can start to finally grow. Cause I think it's just never been given a chance to grow, you know? So from a supporting standpoint and from an industry standpoint, I want to see both wins, you know? Right, right. So when would you say that somebody is, and this is kind of uh, going back to um, the label in general, uh, there's a lot of artists who, you know, are looking to be signed by a label. When would you say an artist is really ready? How, how would you say somebody would know they're ready to step up to maybe joining a label before... Uh, or, you know, before they make that step, what do you think needs to be kind of grounded already? Because I, I, I think some people just aren't really sure, like, whether or not they're really ready for that next level. Uh, you know, usually, man, there's this, they, there's, there's movement. There's, there's fuel to what they're doing. They're getting more and more people to pay attention. People are turned on to their music. Uh you know, you see something like a, a, a Zante, which is kind of an anomaly, where they just kind of have a crazy video, but you'll see other guys that are out there working and are growing as well. There's different artists out there that are kind of on the cusp of, of really uh, igniting their base. And I think Surf King is definitely there. I think Surge is, there, is ready to rekindle that. Um, there's some other artists, too, that are, I, I feel like are going to be raising eyebrows soon. I think that you got this kid, Phil J., I mean, he's a kid, but kid in the terms of guys. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, you got, a, you know, New Black, which I think is dope. They're making some incredible videos. Uh, you know, Byron Jawan, who's really nice, man. You just got a lot of young guys. I'm forgetting a bunch of them because I'm not really thinking that way right now. But there's a ton of artists that are always coming in and always doing dope stuff. Joey Jewish, we've been doing stuff for a minute. Uh yeah, it's just a lot, man. Like, I think, so at the end of the day, what we look for, uh, you know, is even more than that is just people that are being consistent. So if you're an artist, the most important thing to do is be consistent and have a really good filter for creativity. Make sure you're putting out really good work and you have people looking at you with your music with you. Don't be a one-man team, you know. But uh, that's kind of what we look for in a roundabout way. Gotcha. So what would you say if somebody out there was making music and it might not be up to par quality wise and they say, if I just had a little bit of help, I can make it sound professional. Cause I've heard, cause you know, I, <laughs> <My bad. Go ahead. laughs> I was going to say, because you know, I do music submissions uh, for track stars and I go through a lot of music and, you know, and, and I try to help give a little bit of advice here and there. And, uh, and, you know, I guess my number one thing is, you know, just figure out a way to come up with the money, but because I know, you know, sometimes this, the way, the quality of the mixing and the mastering production really carries a lot of the weight of a track. 
Yeah. And so do you feel like somebody needs to have all of that done and mastered kind of on point before, uh, before y'all start looking to, to really, uh, sew into somebody or, or sign somebody? Yeah. It's pretty rare if that, if we'll pass on that, you know, has to be something special for us to look past that. But, uh, but you know, when you come into the system, we work, we work with the records anyway and pair you with different people and, we take whatever the artist has that's working and then we kind of pick apart the rest and put the rest back together. So, you know, we just uh, take all the good pieces and then we try to fill in for the rest. So I think, you know, definitely mixing and mastering is super important. Like if you're, ma- if you're a master or well, really the mix, because the master usually is just amplified music, but if your mix is terrible, that's it does nothing but hurts you. <laughs> right. Right. There's nothing. There's nothing but get in the way of you being heard because you can't really hear the song, you know. But with that being said, though, um, you know, with that being said, though, like I think you know, you got you know, every artist is growing, every artist is getting. Sometimes you know, and guys don't realize back in the day you didn't you didn't send unmixed stuff to anybody. You know what I'm saying? Uh, now right. because people can do SoundCloud and stuff like that, you know, they just get impressed with their music. So like, well, I want everyone to hear. It. I'm gonna send this over to you and see. If, see if it works, you know, and then I'll realize that a lot of times that can turn somebody off where they kind of, you know, where they kind of feel like, uh, I don't really want to listen again. I give them one chance already, you know? So only send your submissions when your stuff is ready. Don't do it when it's not ready. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I hope everybody, <laughs> I hope everybody hears that. Yeah. There, sometimes, you know, it, it's funny cause I'll have somebody sending in like three or four songs back to back. And I don't know what the other three or four songs are because the first one was not ready quality wise. And, uh, and, and so it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, so yeah, that, that definitely makes a big difference. So, um, so I, I guess one thing I want to end off on is, uh, you know, right now things definitely seem to be changing up and in music in general, you know, when you look at a chance, who is still unsigned, uh, is doing music business in a different way. Do you think that, that the CHH culture musically business wise, like do, do you see that changing or, uh, or actually just the whole music industry in general, how do you see it changing up and, and what artists kind of need to be on the lookout for and start paying attention to and how they start maneuvering their product and stuff? Well, it's always changing. It's never going to probably settle. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, I think the, the model now is streaming. So focus on streaming, building up your, you know, building up your music on these streaming sites. Uh, I would stop building on SoundCloud, um, but everyone wants to argue about that. But I'm just going to be honest. You're not getting your value from SoundCloud. No knock on SoundCloud, but they almost went bankrupt because their model just isn't working. And the thing is, is you gotta, you gotta get 1,500 spins, I believe, to make a dollar there. Whereas Spotify is 270 or 245, it's something like that. I'm just kind of going off the top of my head, but you no, know, just you gotta be smart about how you build, you know. And I think a lot of times, you know, SoundCloud's easy because you don't gotta pay for anything when you start out. So instead of going to TuneCore, uh, you know. Um, Oh, I'll say it. Anyways, um, 
yeah, so, you know, it's just, I think, just build on Spotify, build on Apple, uh, try to stay away from SoundCloud. Uh, music, music, at least from the industrial side, and streaming is going to take over. Eventually, that's all it's going to be is streaming. But definitely focus on streaming. Don't don't get married to downloads. Downloads are there. They're still around, but it's not what it used to be at all. Charting on iTunes isn't the same as it used to be. You know, you really want to make sure your stream numbers are up. As far as the sound, I mean, it's always going to be progressive, and it's always going to change, and there's always going to be room for indies, and I don't think that's going away right now. But streaming makes it a little harder for an indie to survive, you know, just because of the way the model works. So, you know, make music, make music, make music, make dope music, keep putting music out, keep building your catalog, keep making waves, and eventually somebody will come around and want to pick you up and try to work what you want and stuff. That's the, you know... That's that's kind of what it's always been in music, and that's where it's at today. <laughs> gotcha, know, gotcha. Uh, yeah, but I think you know, at the at the end of the day, try to do all you can on your own to start with, you know, with the team, um, and try to find your bottom. You know, then if you get a deal, you know, you can you can work the deal to your to your advantage. The better you're selling, the more that you're doing on your own, the, the more that a label has to dig to figure out a way to help you be better than what you are. You know. That's good, man. That's good. And, uh, you know, I, I appreciate that, that nugget to share out there. And I, I think the key thing I heard, uh, is consistency. And, you know, that's, I think that's true for anybody in anything that they do at all is when you get started, just be consistent. So. Yeah, that's good. Just be consistent, make good music and build a team. There you go, everybody from Mr. Doc Watson himself. And uh, if anybody wants to hit you up or anywhere, where can they reach you at? Uh, you can hit me on Twitter, man. Uh, uh, D Watson RMG uh, is my Twitter. You know what I'm saying? Or just email admin and reflection music group. You can hit me on that too. Awesome, man. Well, I, like I said, I appreciate you being on the show and sharing all your knowledge and your wisdom. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we'll, you know what I'm saying? Sorry if I got long-winded. I was trying to answer the questions the best I could. Uh, it's all good, man. So I didn't want to. I didn't want to just answer them with you know quick answers. You know. <laughs> hey, man. The more, the merrier is what I say. So. <laughs> all right, everybody. Well. Thanks a lot, man. Well, we appreciate you too, and uh, and y'all stay tuned. We'll be back next week with another interview. All righty, that was Mr. Doc Watson from RMG. Uh, I know you got a lot of great stuff from that. I did in my conversation with him. And he's just a really, really great guy. Um, you know, one of the things about labels, especially whenever there's an artist who kind of heads up the label, is you don't really get to know the other person in the background that's working. Usually you just kind of pay attention to the artist themselves. And uh, I mean, there's nothing wrong. You know, Derek Miner, he's a great guy as well. I've never met him personally, but, uh, you know, track stars, they've done interviews with them and stuff and they've talked with him and hung out with him. And, uh, so from everything I know, he's a great guy. So being able to talk to kind of the other, you know, half of the, the founding of RMG is, uh, is a really great ordeal. And so, uh, yeah, Mr. Doc Watson, thank you again for doing the interview. And I know these artists are going to hit you up and let you know how great the information has been, but, 
Aside from that, uh, I do want to thank you for tuning in this week. If this is your first time listening to the Business with Bordeaux podcast, go back in the archive. There's tons of great interviews in there. Some people you heard of, some people you may have not heard of. Check them all out because I, I've, I've been able to get some gold out of everybody on the show. And so the individual episodes with myself aren't all that good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They might be good for you. I don't know. I don't know. But um. But yeah, I appreciate everybody who does an interview on the show, and and we're almost rounding up to uh, to about a year of the show in general, and so it's it's been an amazing journey. I might do like a year recap uh, whenever I do hit that fifty two week mark, just to kind of you know recap everything and see where this journey has been up to uh, up to the year anniversary point. So, and I thank you everybody who has been rocking with me from day one. And those of you who hopped on the ride in the middle, I thank you for joining me. And if you want to support the show, uh, you can head over to businesswithbordeaux.com. There's a Patreon link that you can sign up. Uh, you know, there's like a $1 a month thing that you can sign up for. And in reality, you know, I get about, I don't know, 70 cents out of that dollar, unfortunately. Um, you know, but. I really do appreciate those who support through Patreon, uh, Mr. Aaron Simpkins at truestrengthapparel.com and also Mr. WordPress Stan at wpstan.com. And, you know, it really does keep, it kind of keeps me motivated because even though it doesn't fully pay for the show at this point, it lets me know that people do find some kind of value in the show. And in the world where people don't really put out money for anything other than streaming services, for someone to put out a couple dollars a month to support the show it means a tremendous amount to me. And those of you who listen to the show and share the show every week, I appreciate you as well. There's several of you out there that I don't want to shout out at this point. Maybe at the year recap, I might do something special. But anyway, I thank every single one of you for tuning in. Don't forget, check out businesswithbordeaux.com. Find me on Anchor at anchor.fm slash businesswithbordeaux. And you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You can follow me on SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, all those great places. So anyway, uh, and one last thing, I do apologize for my voice a little bit. This weather change has, has I don't know, it's, it's done something to, my, to my, my vocal box, my vocal cords. So it's a good thing I'm not a performing artist or I might be out of work right now. So anyway, uh, thanks so much for tuning in. And I hope you will join us again next week here on the Business with Porto podcast. Thanks and God bless. Oh, hey, one last thing uh, for any of you new listeners or existing listeners. If you know anybody who would be a great person to interview who is a Christian business owner for this show, please hit me up at Jason Bordo one on Twitter or Instagram, or you can just contact me on the website businesswithbordo.com. And I would love to get some more interviews scheduled. So if you know anybody who'd be a great fit, please let me know and hit me up. All right. Have a good one.